Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, I'll be hearing about it Monday through Friday right here on Locked On Kentucky. On this edition of the show, we are thrilled to be joined by Matt Smith of BBN Chalk Talk. He is also a former UK football center and uh, played uh, in camp with the Atlanta Falcons. Was that it, Matt? Was there any other teams you messed around with? No, that was, that was it. Atlanta, and then after that, 18 years of football was enough for my body, so got out of the game. <laughs> and that's where we'll start. We're going to get in. We're going to talk <laughs> a ton of position stuff. We're going to preview the season at the end a little bit. But, you know, I, I do always like to talk to you football guys during camp because I wonder if you guys – you know, a lot, lots of times people talk about pregnancy sympathy pains. Do you have sympathy pains when these guys are going through camp? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things that I always look back at it, and every time camp of some sort, whether it's spring ball, whether it's, you know, not that really that's not truly camp, but fall camp especially, just automatically makes ex-football players start to sweat. Um, and just you get those feelings like the, the knots in your stomach that you have to go back, but then you, it takes you a minute, but then you're like, oh, wait, I don't have to do that anymore, so I, I don't have to worry about that. And it's just, you always get that feeling, though. You get a little bit of the PTSD um, that sits in that you got to go through all that again, but it's, uh, it's not a fun time, but it's necessary. Um, I'll put it that way, and it, it's good to be with the guys, um, but, man, they put you through, you know, drag you through it all, trying to get you ready for the season in a very short amount of time. Was it your experience with uh, your coaches – that every first scrimmage was terrible. You know, this this is getting posted on, on Tuesday evening, and Mark Stoops over the weekend talked about yeah. how the scrimmage was disappointing. He was he sounded like your your mom where, when you do something bad. He's yeah. like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. He literally said disappointed. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, is, is that always happening? Yeah, I mean that's it's expected. Um, I mean, really, what you're looking for at this point in a, in a scrimmage, um, your first week back uh, out of the break is you're just looking for guys that are competing and running around. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that you're always told as a football player and really sports in general. If you don't know what you're doing, at least show that you have effort and that you're running around doing something. Like, even if it's wrong, just that you're you're going full speed being wrong um, is what you're told. So, yeah, it sounds, you know, it sounded like to me, and, and Stoops is a funny one because I had experience like this with Joker. Um when you got a head coach that came from a strong background on one side of the ball or the other, you start to understand what Stoops means just by reading the headline. When it says Stoops called today's scrimmage okay or said he was disappointed, what that means to me is that the offense had a really good uh, scrimmage. The, the defense probably was terrible. When, it was, when Joker was there, it was flip side. If Joker said it, was, it wasn't a great scrimmage because he's an offensive-minded guy, that usually meant the offense didn't play well, but the defense did. So you, you gotta. It, that's easy to kind of tell from there on on what he means when he says that. Um, but I mean, overall, you know, guys are going to mess up this early, and it's just a matter of how can we fix these mistakes and how can we not let them happen again. If you're working on your mistakes and things that come up, and, and you're putting an effort into not let them happen again, then then coaches can work with you. Yeah, and I mean, he pinpointed a couple position groups over the weekend. and that We'll start kind of breaking down the roster a little bit on the defensive side here. Um, and, you know, the obviously the secondary just has so many question marks, and then you add an, in, an injury on top of a position group that didn't have a ton of experience. I mean, how big a concern is that secondary for you it going into this season, or do you kind of trust 
Coach Klingscale and, and Mark Stoops and Dean Hood to, to figure things out a little bit? You know, I, at this point right now, um, this is my biggest worry uh, the, for the entire team. Um, just across the board, of they're, they're so young. Um, the, the guys just don't have a whole lot of experience. And, you know, anytime that that happens, what you have to do, especially as a defensive coordinator, but just as a head coach, is you've got to find ways that you can make up for it and kind of cover those guys up and help them out a little bit. But when you do that, you start leaving gaps in the rest of your defense. And so that's what worries me a little bit is I'm going to be curious over these first three or four weeks. And and really, you know, thankfully we have Toledo and Eastern Michigan, you know, formidable opponents, but they're, they're not going to be the SEC caliber teams. And it's not going to be like next year where we open up with Florida um, to where you're testing these guys against teams that they should athletically be able to match up against. Um, let's see how they play because they're, they're going to be shifting this defense throughout the entire season, I think. And, and one of my biggest um, um, gripes with, with defensive coordinators in the past in Kentucky is how much zone we run when I think we have the guys that can you know play man-to-man. And I'm not a big fan of zone defense just in general um, in the secondary when you're looking at those guys, but it's probably going to be a, a big year of running zone defense just so these guys – have less that they have to worry about, less that they're moving on the field, and they can kind of help each other out. So I, I don't know. This is my biggest question mark, and I'm real anxious to see, you know, kind of how these guys end up uh, evolving here throughout these these few weeks of, of camp. Is there any one guy in that secondary that you're excited to see on the field? Oh man, um, I mean, the guy the guy that I was excited to see ended up getting hurt. Yeah. Um, it's just it's hard. For me, there, there's not any one particular guy that I'm just like, like I think is going to be able to lead this. I think you're going to have guys that are going to step up, but just for me, it's just so hard to tell right now. Um, I just I don't know. I, I just haven't I haven't looked at, at him enough individually yet to see you know who's going to be the guy that's really truly going to step up and we can hang our hat on. All right, let's move up in on the football field there to the linebacker spot. A ton of experience, specifically with Cash Daniel, a square played. A lot last season yep. as well. Then you got Watson and Pascal on the outsides. Obviously, Josh Pascal's story is unbelievable. I think Watson's oh, yeah. is is due for a big year. What is your take on the linebacking group? Yeah, so so this is going to be. I mean, this is where the help to the secondary is going to come from this year. Um, any of these guys that are going to be able to, um, you know, play uh, uh, some pass defense as well and be able to drop in coverage. Um, obviously, we're going to be looking at Cash to lead this group. Uh, I think that Josh Pascal has what it takes to make Kentucky fans not forget, but quickly understand, okay, we're going to be okay without Josh Allen. I think Josh Pascal has the ability, he has the size, he has the determination to be that next Josh Allen, whether it's this year, um, you know, early in the season, late in the season, once he's able to get back into game shape, shape I truly believe he's going to be a problem for offensive lines, especially from that Jack kind of edge rusher position. Um, and, you know, they're talking about Jordan Wright also being a guy that they're going to be trying to rotate in there a bunch with Josh Pascal um, to kind of get him some breaks. And if we've got a, a good two deep um, between the, those linebackers, really the, you know, the kind of the edge jack position guys that are going to be the stand-up guys on the end, um, if we can keep those guys fresh and, and rushing from the outside, I think it's going to be huge just for the secondary um, to be able to not, not have to guard as long. Um, but yeah, I mean, just in the middle, I feel good about our linebackers and, and really I feel good about our defensive line as well. 
Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, let's let's take a, a quick break here and then get into the line play because I think that that's kind of a strength on both sides of the ball. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So I, I got a chance to talk to TJ Carter and Calvin Taylor uh, last week. I think we played those interviews on the podcast. If you missed them, go check them out. And those two dudes seem excited for a lot of reasons. I think they put in a ton of work. And they're extremely talented. And plus, the the scheme, I think, will will slightly change under Brad White, in part because they lost Josh Allen and in part because he's his own man taking over from yep. Matt House. W- what are your expectations for those guys on the edge um, there on the in the 3-4? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those those guys are, are going to be critical. And the 3-4 is, is tough because you put a lot of pressure on the nose guard um, to clog the middle, but you put a lot of pressure on some of those outside guys to – be able to confuse to be able to you know get that pressure uh, um, you know on the quarterback and make him step step up in the pocket and we you know we've seen Kentucky defenses here in the past and, and even when I was playing that just didn't get great pressure on the quarterback and when that happens it strains the whole rest of your defense it gives the quarterback all day to throw um, it, it's gonna you know especially with a, a secondary as young as we have um, it's gonna expose them if we're not able to get some pressure so. I think those guys, you know, and they all—they seem to be super excited and super into it and, and ready to go this year, which I love seeing that um, because I think a lot of it is you had a guy like Josh Allen that paved the way and showed them it's possible here in this defense and with these schemes, and you listen to the coaches and look what they can make you into. Um, I think that there's just a lot of, of um, you know, way that was being paved by these guys ahead of them that, that they can kind of see the light, and it's not all just hype and fluff, so – um, I'm excited about the, this D-line group, and then I'm a huge, huge Quinn Bahana fan. Um, I think he can really cause some problems in the middle there. Yeah, I mean, just can you kind of, you know, you you were right there in the middle of those mm-hmm. things. Like, how disruptive can a guy like that be to yeah. the opposing offense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, for me, I, I when I, you go against guys, like, you know, um, without calling out any names, you know, we've had guys here in the past that, have immediately when the ball is snapped, they stand straight up and look for the ball. That is my dream as a center all day long. As a guy that stands up and starts looking for the ball rather than firing off, um, I can do whatever I want with a guy like that. But if I'm lined up against a guy that puts his, you know, puts his hand in the ground and all he's going to do all game is just fire off on the center or you know, just, just shoot off the ball as fast as he can, I mean, that's really what Bohanna has to do in order to cause havoc. Yeah, he may not make every tackle, but if he's clogging up the entire middle just by shooting off the ball and knocking the center off balance, because the center doesn't, you know, when you're thinking about the way the center lines up, his feet are normally parallel to each other to where he's just sitting there on a base that, you know, if you go up to him and they're not, if they're, they're not putting all their effort into staying lean forward, you can knock a center back easy, you know, if, if they're not moving their feet well. So my advice to those guys in the middle is that, as a nose guard lining up over the center is if you fire off, you're gonna you're gonna cause some some uh, some damage, especially when the center is snapping the ball with one hand. So all he has is one hand on you for that split second. Where if you can get into him before he can get both his hands back on you, um, that's usually a win for the defensive lineman. So I love the way that Bohanna comes off the ball and is able to do that. And that's I think that's what's going to be a huge factor for him this year. All right, let's flip it. Go over to the offensive side. You know, I've worked with uh, Drake Jackson. He was an intern last summer for for Big Blue Insider. Obviously, I yep. think just, he's just a fun guy to be around, a really cool dude. Right. And uh, everybody who's a Kentucky football fan knows knows the story of how when he came in and got that center spot, 
it really solidified the entire line. And now, you know, another year under his belt, it seems like he's really to, ready to step up into a leadership role. How big an advantage is that uh, for a guy to be, you know, the guy who touches the ball every down <laughs> to know what the heck's going yeah. on? Yeah. I mean, it's huge. And, and that's when you're looking at um, a center that has not, not can just be physical and can fit the part, you know, from a strength standpoint, but a guy that, that knows what he's doing and a guy that can catch on. Um, I never understood really cause until I started, obviously, play center at, at Kentucky because I was always a defensive lineman. I flipped over when I got to UK. They moved me to an offensive lineman, which, you know, I wasn't too happy about at first. But what, what I've quickly found out was, you know, you have to be smart to play that position. Um, and if, if you are and you can, and you can um, um, play that part and you have the knowledge and you're able to almost run the offense from that line, um, you take a lot of pressure off Terry. You take a lot of pressure off the quarterback. I mean, I, I went through so many quarterbacks um, when I played there uh, for, for Joker. A lot of the times I was one having to make calls and making audibles, you know, telling the quarterback what audibles to make because I was reading defenses better than he was. So the quarterbacks have a lot on their play with reads and different things that they have to know before the play. And if, if a center can take anything off of that or at least make sure the line knows what they're doing, that's half your offense right there. If they know what they're doing, then the quarterback can worry about the rest. So, um, yeah, I, I love Drake in this position. I've been a big fan of him since he took over and started showing what he could do. But um, he fits the part every way, and I, I love having a guy like that kind of leading that that offensive line. What are your thoughts on uh, Logan Stenberg and his kind of physical play? Yeah, I love it. I mean, he's a guy that he teeters that line of, of the rest blowing the whistle, and is, are you going to get a couple more seconds and try and have him dump someone and get away with it or get a penalty? And you never know. But, I mean, you got to love that kind of – of attitude um, from a guy that, that can play like that and just always has that kind of mean streak, nasty streak to him. You know, sometimes it's going to get him in trouble, but you, you've got to take take the good with the bad um, when you got a guy like that. But I, I wouldn't want him to change at all. And then Landon Young coming back from that injury, that's, I mean, that's almost like getting a bonus player, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, you get a five-star <laughs> yeah. guy who was off last season because of his injury, but now he's coming back into the rotation. Yep. And he's yep. going to be replacing a guy who is on an NFL roster, but so big shoes yeah. to fill. But he's got big shoes of his own. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we we know what he can do, um, and, and he's got the stature, obviously, to to play that position. And and you know, probably would have had he not got hurt. But what that also did is that opened up uh, the door for some other guys to get experience. Um, you, you know, around that last year, just through rotation and things, and and because of that. You know, Stoops talked about having this year. He feels like he has three starting tackles on his roster, and he's got a bunch of a few guards that that can rotate in as well, which is always a good thing. Not that an offensive line needs to rotate all the time, because um, God knows I never got a break when I was in there. <laughs> but it's nice to have in case a guy goes down, right? Because we've seen that happen here in the past. And if you can put someone in there, and no one notices that a new guy's in there, that's what the offensive line's all about. If we don't get our not, our name called, we know we're doing the right thing. Any concerns about the other side of the line? Lot, lot less experience over there, but you know, still some guys with a lot of talent. Right. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be okay, and I, I think they're going to get tested early because of that. Um, and it, there may be some situations where they end up having to flip flop some guys if they are having trouble, um, and maybe have to put Landon over on that side or switch Logan over to, to you know, make sure that you know they've got a guy that just they try to seem be taking advantage and it's working from a defensive standpoint then yeah they, they may have to make some adjustments but I mean for the most part you know the, these guys will be ready to go Schlarman usually has people ready to go 
um, his guys and, and, and does a good job with that. So I, I don't have many worries with that. That's kind of, um, you know, the, the back of my mind for, for a lot of those things, but we'll kind of see how that progresses. But um, definitely the right side will, will need to step up to match the left side, you know, you hope. Um, but I think as a unit, they'll be, they'll be just fine. And then the guys that'll be running behind that line, you know, replacing Benny Snell is something you can't do with one, one back. But A.J. Rose has a ton of talent. Cavassier's smoke was said by Eddie Grand to be the best uh, pass route runner of the whole crew back there. And then Chris yep. Rodriguez was the guy we saw. I saw lining up in the Wildcat formation, so he's going to kind of be the bully ball back, it seems like. I mean, that, that seems right. like, well, and I didn't even mention the, the freshman, Tisdale, who they said ran, I think, a 4-3-2, <laughs> which is utterly ridiculous. It, it seems yeah. like that they're, they got a lot of talent there, but maybe not one guy that's going to carry the entire load like Benny Snell did for right. the majority of last year. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I, if, if you're losing a guy like Benny Snell, I mean, this is the exact scenario that you, you wish you could have. Um, a group of guys, you know, three, four guys that are back there that can, can do damage in different ways. And that's the great thing. You mentioned it. The great thing about some of these guys is that they're so versatile and you can use them in different ways that they're not going to know, okay, A.J. Rose is in there. We know exactly what's coming. Or, oh, we're putting Chris Rodriguez in only in short, you know, short downs that, that he's only going to be the guy that runs up the middle. Um, they're using these guys in Wildcat. They're, they're, they're having guys, you know, smoke and can, can catch the ball in the backfield, so you always got to watch out for that. Um, the more that you can keep defenses guessing on, okay, this running back's in there, so I know what they're going to be doing, as long as they, don't, they, they can't ever say that, um, that's going to be a benefit for your offense because that doesn't let them just hone in on one thing and they've got to be ready for everything. And, and you can keep fresh guys in there. Um, that adds a lot to, you know, the offensive line, um, especially, too, because, you know, one of the worst things that you can have as an offensive line is getting a tired running back trying to go up the middle and just running straight into your back. The only part that's not padded just trying to put his face mask right into your lower back. That's one of the worst things, or rolling up on your legs, that that can happen. So if you can keep guys fresh, you tend to get to stay away from that, keep your offensive line happy, keep them blocking, and, and that's how you gain yards. Yeah. Um, another addition, basically, kind of to that offensive line, is they're an extension, the, the tight end position. Mark Stoops and, and the staff has talked a ton about how they want those to be the guys that lead them off the bus. They're, they're physically intimidating. That position group is unbelievable. You know, C.J. Conrad joked that last year he was the little guy in the room, and now he, he's got a good chance to make an NFL roster. That kind of shows yep. the yep. the group of physical assessments they have in there. In that one open practice that we did get to see on fan day, it seemed like Wilson was finding Justin Rigg a ton. I, I think that they'll be a valuable weapon. Yeah, I think so too because typically you have – you know, large tight ends like that, and most people assume that they're just going to be blocking tight ends. Um, but if you can get, you know, guys that, that, you know, are versatile as well and can pop out for a pass or, or head a little go route up the middle, um, you know, some of those routes that we everybody wanted so bad for Conrad to, 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 to get and for that entire season, you know, two years ago, it just seemed like he was either being overthrown or, or whatever. We could not complete those little dump passes. Um, started to figure it out last year with him, and, and I think it's just, those are going to be super valuable to, to Terry. Um, you know, both the running back and the tight end um, are usually the safety valve, and those are guys that if they can catch it, they're going to be hard to take down. I know DBs hate tackling uh, tight ends the, the most um, just because of their size and, and how hard they are to go down. So we got guys that can block and can catch the pass. Um, anytime you can get a guy like Conrad or Jacob Tammy in there that can do both, I mean, that's, that, that sets your offense right there because um, – 
you know, having having the ability to do both those opens up so many things for 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 your running game and your passing game. Let's take a qu- another quick break and then come back and talk about the wide receivers and quarterbacks, and then get some season predictions. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Terry Wilson solidified the starting spot. Eddie Grand in a press conference last week seemed super happy that he didn't have to deal with any kind of quarterback controversy um, this year. And when you talk to Sawyer Smith, he seems to be accepting of the role that he'll be a backup and a guy you know who will be called on if if Wilson is, needs to gets dinged up for whatever reason. But how big a step do you think Terry Wilson will take this year? You know, I, I'm ex- I have a lot of expectations, a lot of big expectations for him to take some really good steps forward. Um, you know, I think an example that we've seen recently, obviously, with Steven Johnson and just what he was able to do in his senior year, even though he didn't have the flash and some of the athleticism that, that Terry has, um, just the steps you saw him taking forward really more so than anything as a leader um, is one of the biggest things for him. If he can bring a lot of confidence into this offense um, and just these guys are going to have his back and with a whole other year under his belt, um, I think it's going to do wonders. I think we're going to see a different guy back there, a guy that hopefully – they'll work with on being a little more decisive quicker mm-hmm. um, using some of these out, you know, these outlets that he has in, in running back and, and tight end and being able to come down to those reads um, and things like that is going to be super crucial to him. Um, and then just getting, you know, a year of working with an offensive line that kind of knows what you have behind you. Cause there's a huge difference between having uh, a, a mobile quarterback and a pocket passing quarterback and just the different, you know, angles that you have to block at it and you know you got to know how long to hold your guy for and if you know all of a sudden your defensive lineman starts taking off on you then your quarterback's probably moving it's hard to block for a mobile quarterback um, just because you can't see what's going on behind you uh, but hopefully these guys will get a sense of what that feels like and it'll be a big help Lynn Bowden's going to be awesome I don't think there is like any doubt about that in anyone's mind I'll reference the open practice one more time when you when you're watching it you could tell that Lynn Bowden was the best player on the field, and that wasn't a knock against anybody else. Like he's just separated himself. It, it, he just knew where to be. He was constantly getting open, and when you can get open, and guys are trying to cover you, <laughs> that like it shows that you're a, such a special talent. But first off, I guess I'll ask you, what are your expectations of Lynn this year? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I've got high expectations of, of him, just like with Terry. Um, I think he's got to be a leader for a group that we're going to need a lot out of this year, um, who, you know, has a little bit of experience coming back. Um, you know, I think that um, he's going to have to be a leader out there. And what, what I've loved seeing from him is just that he's kind of gotten rid of a lot of those the, those kind of off-field, or really on-field and off-field, um, you know, kind of things that were that, that a lot of, fans didn't like to see and, and just some of the kind of extra things that he was doing. Um, and he's taking it a little more serious. You can tell just by the way he's changed his attitude about carrying himself. Um, but he's going to be a guy that he's going to have to not be able to get frustrated because everybody's going to be focusing on him and he's going to get everybody's best corner and safety um, and defender every, every single game um, to try to shut him down just because of the playmaker that he can be. So he's going to have to be a guy that accepts that and takes that off to some people Still trying to obviously get open and make the plays himself, but being able to take that that off of some of these other guys and allow them some opportunities in order for them to work as a unit. And then, do you have kind of a pick for someone who is also going to step up from that wide receiver? Who's going to be the number two guy from that position group? You know, I think I think we have good options, which which is nice. You know, Josh Ali um, obviously is, is someone that 
you know, should get plenty of touches. But um, I think that we can use Ahmad Wagner more than just the pass interference guy this mm-hmm. year. Um, I think that he he can continue to do that all he wants. I, I love that. I think that's great. But um, he's a guy that that I think can, you know, with his size and just his basketball background, if he can if he can get things right and figure out you know, his route running and really being good with that, like he's going to be able to, to, to be a guy that can be a, a good target for Terry. You can see him anywhere on the field, and he can usually block guys out and block that defender off just with his sheer size. So um, I'm kind of looking for those two guys to, to really take a, a good step forward here. Okay, let's jump into season predictions. What are your expectations? We'll kind of do like what's your floor, what's your ceiling, thoughts on this season for Kentucky football? Yeah, so just in kind of, of – doing some preseason research and what I've been looking at here. Um, I think we've got an opportunity. I think the floor is going to be, um, I'm going to call it seven wins, I think is the floor uh, for these guys. I think I'm expecting eight wins probably is where I'm kind of looking as it stands right now. Um, and then I, I very well think that, though, they could shock a couple teams and end up with nine or ten again. Um, I'm not expecting them to get to ten this year, but – I think Florida's going to be a very tough team. They've got a lot of experience coming back. Obviously, Georgia's going to be up there. Um, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, kind of between the Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri games, um, I think we get two of those. I think the loss ends up coming to Mississippi State and that we can continue, you know, the South Carolina streak. I think Missouri's very beatable. All the Tennessee teams we play are, are definitely beatable. Um, the only worry that I do have is playing Missouri um, right after uh, playing Georgia. I think what we struggle with sometimes, and we saw it last year really twice after A&M, even though we had a bye week um, in between, we saw it with, uh, you know, with, with Vandy and with Missouri, um, just kind of those hangover games after a big game. And so, or, I'm sorry, Tennessee and Vandy last year. I think Missouri has a chance that they could really bite us in the butt if we – um, if we come out of that Georgia game with another hangover like we have in the past, um, which kind of scares me a little bit near, near the end of the season. Um, but I, I really think we can end up 8-4. Well, all right. I think that's you've answered every football question that is imaginable for <laughs> Kentucky football, Matt. I, I really appreciate your time. Let me let yeah. everybody know uh, where they can hear your podcast. and Well, give your little pitch. To, tell them everybody what your podcast is about, when it comes out, who else is on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So BBN Chalk Talk, really, if you search anything, BBN Chalk Talk, um, across any of the social media platforms, you'll find us. Um, you know, we, we in the off season we've been doing one episode a week, usually coming out on Mondays, um, that we'll put out. We get into football season, we usually go twice a week. We do a preview of each game, and then we do a, a, a breakdown and um, kind of a, a you know video review of everything after watching the game live and, and on uh, tapes again just to kind of break down what we saw in every game. So watch for us throughout the season. We're, you know, obviously super involved with the entire WLAP group and, and you know, appreciate you having me on. And uh, Greg Lyle and Max Godby, both former football players, Max with Kentucky, Greg with, with uh, University of Texas and some arena ball. Um, we've all got a lot of knowledge around the game. So, you know, check us out, especially during the season, but you'll kind of hear us around all over the radio throughout uh, throughout the area. I definitely recommend you go subscribe to that podcast just like you subscribe uh, to this one. Please, please share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy and follow us on social media. We're at Locked on UK and on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You 
are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Monday through Friday on Locked On Kentucky. Hold on, I messed up my intro. (laughs) I'm used to doing it with Kyle and I forget. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I got it now. All right, sorry. Let me go again.